This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Mark and Rocky just returned from a nine-night cruise aboard MSC Maravilla. It was out of New York City going down to the Bahamas, Florida area and in the Yacht Club. They join us on the line right now. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing, Doug? I'm excited to talk about this because we haven't had an MSC Yacht Club experience in a long time. We've had the ones that were like three-nighters and were really fast, but I'm excited to hear what it's like spending some extended time beyond seven nights over in that Yacht Club. So what we'll do here before we get started, we'll get some pre-cruise thoughts from y'all. What made you, you're in the Phoenix area, what made you want to take this nine-nighter out of New York City? Honestly, uh, it was it was just the idea of getting to check out a new cruise line. We've been looking at MSC for a long time, and uh, the idea that sailing out of New York in the heart of January, when it is very cold outside, uh, the pricing was actually very lucrative to get ourselves onto that ship, as well as to fly across the country to New York. So all the stars aligned and just made it worthwhile for us. Now, there was some uh, a little bit of weather going through the country about the time when y'all boarded. It might have missed you by a day or two. Did that impact your flights at all going into Manhattan? It did. It did not impact the flights at all. Uh, it did impact sail away a bit. Um, as you can imagine, uh, the, the storms, uh, it was quite rocky on the seas. Uh, in fact, it was really cool because it was the first time ever. So we've been to Alaska several times, but it was the first time ever we've actually seen snow on a cruise ship. And so <laughs> to see the crew, it was the first time many of the crew had seen snow on a cruise ship. And mm-hmm. they were out running out, uh, TikToking and taking selfies. Uh, it was it was a really special experience uh, being able to see that snowstorm. That is so cool. Yeah. So what airport did y'all fly into? JFK, actually. Okay, JFK. So did you any pre-cruise time in the city before boarding in Brooklyn? You know, we always suggest that that's the best way to do it. It's to fly in a day ahead of time. Uh, this time, we actually flew in two days in advance so that we could take some time and explore Brooklyn because that's where the cruise terminal is for MSC. Uh, and then we also took the subway into Manhattan and just kind of hung around Times Square, went to a couple of bars, a couple of restaurants, and uh, just kind of got ourselves situated in New York before we set sail. We, we met up with we met up with one of uh, the solos that I met on board uh, Norwegian Cruise Line. So I did Norwegian Cruise Line earlier in 2023. Uh, we met a bunch of solos in our solo cabins, and we actually met up with them to hang out, and they showed us New York, which was a ton of fun. That's So you never know what kind of connections you'll make on a ship, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so awesome. So you make your way to Brooklyn the following day, and you go to Embark, MSC Maravilla. How was that embarkation process, and uh, did you get any kind of special treatment embarking since you were in the Yacht Club? Goodness gracious. It was an embark like none that I've ever experienced. We've all we've all been through embark. We know the lines. We know the queues. We know all of the the seating areas. Um, the moment that we got there, immediately there was signage for Yacht Club. And so the, the, the porter, the luggage porter whisked us over and, and tagged our bags with Yacht Club tags and pointed us to his uh, colleagues standing at the door with a Yacht Club sign. They literally escorted us through the terminal to our own dedicated security line for Yacht Club. Um, they didn't have us they didn't have us waiting in the general queue. And so we went through that security queue uh, very quickly. And another yet another Yacht Club representative whisked us to our private lounge where they did one on one check ins with us. Um, and then 
handed us glasses of champagne and canapes and, and sparkling water. Um, and, and it was a private area, very quiet, very secluded from the rest of the terminal. And we enjoyed mimosas and uh, sparkling water uh, that as we waited to board the ship. How long did it take you from curb to ship then? Uh, I would say it took us about an hour and a half. So uh, unfortunately, the, sh- the sailing prior to ours was the New Year's cruise. Mm-hmm. And so they had a lot of passengers to disembark from that ship. So they were a little bit delayed on clearing the ship down to zero count for us to start the embark process. So yeah, about an hour and a half from the time that we arrived. Fortunately, the lounge was great. We had butlers in there waiting on us. So it was actually a really pleasant experience getting to stand around and wait until the, the ship was ready. Literally, butlers butlers refilling our <laughs> champagne glasses, walking around with bottles of champagne saying, oh, would you like a refill on your champagne? Well, OK, yeah, we would love that. It's like uh, being stuck in an airport and being able to be in an airline lounge instead of in the regular common area, right? Uh, Just kind of uh, yeah, yeah. Li- living it up in there. So you make your way on board the ship. You're mentioning this was your first time um, on the ship. So what were your first impressions of MSC Maravilla? So it's kind of funny you ask that. We didn't actually get to see the whole ship for the first four hours that we were on board. When they, when the, the Yacht Club boards, we get priority boarding service. Uh, so they bring us into the main atrium, and that's about the most amount of the ship that we get to see. From there, we walk down a, a corridor of rooms uh, to the very forward of the ship where they have elevators that they can badge in and it gives you priority access to the elevator. So they loaded us into these elevators, took us up to the 16th deck where the top sail lounges, which is the exclusive lounge space for the top or for the yacht club. Uh, and they put us in there with again, more champagne and more <laughs> canapes uh, and live music that was being performed for us. So we really spent the better part of the first four hours on board in that top sale lounge. Well, they took us from the top sale lounge, then they opened up the top sale restaurant, the exclusive restaurant for yacht clubbers. And so we literally went from canapes and champagne up to the the lunch in the top sale restaurant. And so to Rocky's point, normally we are running around taking pictures, exploring the ship. We literally were just kind of in the lap of luxury those first several hours on board. Oh, we met our butler as well during that time. And so we didn't actually leave the Yacht Club, as Rocky mentioned, until about four hours after boarding. (laughs) So a lot to unpack here. So I want to actually take a step back and I want to ask, um, we were chatting before we started recording here and you mentioned you had an upgrade offer. So how much of a premium, um, once you accept that upgrade, is it for the Yacht Club against just staying in a regular balcony cabin? So, so that's exactly what we had booked. We had booked a balcony cabin and we received an offer to bid on an upgrade. Now, because we had already booked the balcony and paid for a balcony, um, that the upgrade amount actually was not uh, wildly expensive. I think it was we, we could have started the upgrade process offer at $300 per person. Wow. And Rocky was like, OK, should we just start there? And I was like, how often are we going to get a chance to stay in the Yakov? We are maxing <laughs> that bid out. And so I think we each maxed our bid out at about $600. So for another $1,200 or so plus, plus tax and all of that stuff, um, we were able to move from the, the balcony that we had into, we actually, Doug, we actually bid for an interior yacht club cabin because we were like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to make sure we get into this thing. Well, they were, they must've been sold out because our dreams were answered. We got the upgrade and they put us into a deluxe 
Suite. I love it. Let's talk about that deluxe suite in the Yacht Club and give us all the details. Really, as you walk in, the first thing that meets your eye is the size of this cabin. I would say that this cabin is the same depth as your standard balcony cabin that you find on any cruise ship. However, the width is probably equivalent to one and a half to anywhere up to two times the width of a standard balcony cabin. Huge space um, between the, the foot of the bed and the credenza and wall units that they had where all of the mini bar was located. There was probably a good four to five feet be- of space between those two areas. Um, inside the bathroom, it was upgraded amenities. You had marble tile throughout, a very large spacious walk-in shower with a rainfall head uh, or the rain shower head. Um, and then the balcony was also the same width as the room. So it was a pretty sizable balcony. They only put two chairs and one side table out there, but you could have easily had another two chairs out there. Uh, very large and spacious uh, room. So the question is, how do you use the butler on your cruise? Well, you know, because we are often, we oftentimes have butlers <laughs> on our cruises. Uh, I, I kid. Um, it was the first experience. And so literally the butler introduced himself. We were in the room. He, he knocked and came in and, and he said, what questions do you have for me? And we said, well, we don't even know what questions to ask. And so he's like, well, let's start with your pillow selection. <laughs> are your pillows up to your liking? And, and Rocky joked, he's like, well, we'll sleep on them tonight and let you know. Um, but, but the butler took care of our mini bar. So he asked us specifically for our preferences in terms of sodas and juices and beers. He asked for our uh, liquor selection because the Yacht Club uh, comes with a bottle, comes with bottle service, a single bottle. And so we, uh, we shared our uh, bottle selection with him. And then he just let us know that he would be the person that would escort us to dinners if we wanted. He would escort us to the theater for shows. He would arrange all of our bookings if we wanted to go to any of the the specialty restaurants. And so uh, it was, you know, Rocky and I asked as we were getting ready, we're like, is this just going to be an upgraded room steward, like a room steward that wears a a suit? Um, And no, it was, it was significantly more than just a a room steward. In fact, we had a, we had a junior butler as well and and a and a third person that helped service the room. So all in, there were three people that were servicing the room. Uh, but that butler experience was was really unique and new to us. <laughs> yes. I love it. So you were on there for nine nights. Was there enough space in your room to put everything? Yeah, there was. Um, I think one of the challenges that we discovered when we were unpacking our room was the closet space was a little bit smaller than what we're used to on some of the other balcony rooms that we've had in the past. Um, the way that it's set up, you walk in and the, the closet space is your entrance to the bathroom. And so it's kind of a strange layout. We discovered there were some challenges with that. However, there was a three drawer uh, storage space in the main room area of that was part of the main, I don't know what you would credenza. call it, credenza. Yeah. And so that actually made up for some of that lost space. And fortunately, these beds were designed to hold luggage under or suitcases under them. So it was really easy to unpack our room and really get moved in for those nine days. Oh, and don't forget both of the the, the nightstands oh, yeah. next to the bed. So the, the, there were additional storage tables next to the bed as well. And so wow. there was plenty of storage. But to Rocky's point, the, the closet seemed to be a little bit smaller than, than other rooms. The Yacht Club is, just like Norwegian's Haven, a ship within a ship concept. So outside of your room, what kind of amenities did you have within your ship? I'm telling you, they design it. So you don't have to leave the Yacht Club. They tell you when you're going through the booking process, they say it's exclusive and it's private. And and that is very true. And so the entrance to the Yacht Club on each of the floors are glass doors. 
truly, I, I, they, they look out into the elevator bank. I think MSC has designed it that way so that people can see in and you can see out, but, but you have to badge in and out to get in. And so the spaces are beautiful. They've got those crystal staircases. What are those crystals? The Swarovski. Swarovski uh, staircases, the spiral staircases. So we would leave our room and take the staircase up to the, the next deck, uh, the 16th deck, which is where Concierge was, the Top Sail Lounge. Top Sail Lounge was windows all at the front of the ship. The, the view of, of New York, oh. we commented, that was probably the best view of New York we've ever had in that Top Sail Lounge. Oh, yeah. Uh, the canopy, like, there's just so much to unpack in that. Um, the full bar. And then, again, you take up another spiral staircase, and you are there at the exclusive restaurant. And then one more spiral staircase up, and you are at uh, Deck 19, which is your dedicated uh, lounging space, your pool, your hot tub. There's a daily buffet that they put up there for, for just yacht club guests, along with a bar. Let's talk about some of the food on MSC Maravilla. Once you get out of your Haven complex and make your way to the buffet with the common folk, <laughs> how was the buffet and the food throughout the nine days? So we didn't really discover the buffet area until that first night. Actually, it was the second day that we yeah. discovered it. Yeah. Uh, now that I think back on the experience, um, we like to refer to those areas as Gen Pop. <laughs> and uh, as we walked in to the buffet, we were we kind of felt like we were in someone else's place. We didn't really feel like we knew that our way around because we had spent so much time on the ship before we found the buffet. But once we did find it, I'll tell you, Doug, we spent a good amount of time there, especially for late night buffets. Uh, this was the first time that we'd really seen a cruise line dedicate a late night buffet to its passengers on a consistent basis. Every night from midnight until 2 a.m., they serve food. And we're not just talking about just, you know, a quick little grab here and there. They have their pizzas available. They have little small sandwiches that you could grab. They had burgers and hot dogs. They sometimes had nachos. Sometimes they would do a breakfast offering with some scrambled eggs and bacon. Not every night. I think I got scrambled eggs and bacon every single night of the cruise. They had the healthy corner. Yep. They, like, they had salads and so it wasn't even just that fried stuff that you no. sometimes find on the late night buffet. They had salads and a healthy corner. I mean, it was the largest. So we've seen late night buffets yeah. right on Carnival. We've seen it on uh, we've seen it on the other line. This was the I mean, it was the size of a regular buffet at from 12 a.m. till 2 a.m. It, it brought me back to old days of cruising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like um, it. So for your main dining, you were mentioning you had uh, your own dining room up there in the top sail area. So how was the dining um, in the yacht club? And was there much of a selection? Like, do they rotate the menus? How does that play out? Very much a dedicated menu for the uh, those that were in the yacht club. Um, the options that they, they had on the menu, there was some mirroring that happened to the main dining rooms on the ship, but they were elevated to a different level with the offerings and the types of food. Uh, there was a, a selection of classics that were served every night. You could get your, your classic filet mignon, for example, or a salmon would be available. And I think they also lobster. had a lobster on yep. that classics menu. On the classics menu, you had lobster and yes. filet mignon. I mean, this is this is next level here. <laughs> right. And then uh, for the regular offerings every day, they had a rotation of several different items. Usually there was a daily risotto that was available. There was also a different daily lamb that was on the menu. Uh, so definitely a higher caliber of food offerings that were on the menu. And the way that they were prepared and plated were very beautiful. Uh, you had, of course, your main waiter, and then you had your, your waiter's assistant. Uh, and they would all work in harmony together to deliver your breads, your appetizers, your entrees, your desserts. 
speaking of desserts, don't forget that the maitre d' would flambe the dessert. So we had Cherry's Jubilee one mm-hmm. night where he flambeed and served that. Um, they they did the cheese trolley where they would literally they literally had a cheese trolley where you could choose the cheeses and 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 jams and jellies that you wanted as part of your dessert option. I, it was. It was definitely where where do you find a risotto on a cruise line? The 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 difficulty to actually prepare that correctly mm-hmm. for the masses, um, you can't do that, but you yeah. can in a private small restaurant that's dedicated to a, a, a subset of your passengers. And how was the like the lines up there? Was it no lines, no wait to dine? We don't know what you mean by line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, honestly because yeah, because there was such a small capacity within the yacht club itself on the ship, right? And because you only have those people that have access to it, our dining times for dinner was available from 6 p.m. until 8:30. That was the time that you could go in and get seated, and it was open to your time. Whenever you wanted to go in is when you would show up. There was one night that I can think of, and I believe it was the second gala night. We had to wait maybe three minutes, maybe to get seated. Yeah. Um, overall, the, the amount of seating that they have, both in the lounge and the restaurant, are ample for the number of people that are in there. And they know that they're going to turn over tables throughout the evening from guests that are doing early versus later dining. Did you get to enjoy any specialty dining on board this one? So this sailing specifically, we chose to stick to the Yacht Club so that we could capture each of the menus and, and actually record some reviews each dinner. Mm-hmm. We actually are right now looking at booking uh, another MSC cruise. We, we committed to ourselves that we would do a yacht club and we would do non-yacht club. And so that is where, that's the sailing where we plan to actually explore some of those additional um, upcharge, upcharge specialty restaurants. But for this sailing, we literally stuck to the yacht club restaurant, that exclusive restaurant. I meant to ask you earlier, before you sailed, did you do the status match with them? Yeah, both of us actually ended up doing status match um, with Mark having diamond status with Carnival and I have platinum status. We were both able to match into their gold status or gold level with the Voyagers Club. So you stepped right into gold. So do you know like what that gets you compared to just being a first time MSC cruiser? Great question, because uh, MSC is not known for their loyalty program having the strongest perks. But what it did get us is it, it got us a welcome back reception where they had cocktails, which when you're in the Yacht Club, it doesn't really have a huge impact uh, because we had uh, champagne up in, up in our private lounge. We also got a, a little gift. It was a little backpack or drawstring backpack that we got. There's also when you're part of the when you're part of the loyalty program, you get a discount on sailings with MSC on future sailings with MSC. And so I think it's a five percent discount that you get as as a member of that level. And so there are some perks. They don't actually do priority like like many lines have priority boarding and, and debark. They don't do that until you hit their very top level, which is diamond. And so that's the only group that actually has priority boarding and debarkation. So that's our goal. My goal is to hit diamond on Carnival and MSC. We'll see how long it takes. Double diamond. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that. How about around the ship? Like you mentioned Carnival, so we'll stick with that. Uh, they have the Guy's Burger Joint, which is complimentary dining. Does MSC have anything like that around the ship, kind of a grab-and-go type place? Yeah, so uh, it was kind of surprising. and that was one of the conversations that we had at, at post-cruise, is the fact that there really aren't those types of grab-and-go, quick-serve restaurants on board. Uh, you do have the buffet, which is very well divided. They have their ethnic corner and they have their pastas and they have a pizza spot and some burgers. 
but it's really only confined to that area as well as the main dining restaurant restaurants. Uh, aside from that, everything is upcharged. They have a Mexican place that's an upcharge. They have, uh, I can't remember all of them. There's a, there's a couple other ones. One thing that I would call out that was unique that I've never seen before on any of our sailings is they had a kid's buffet, a dedicated buffet for the kids so that they didn't have to be in the main area of the buffet. And then the, the, the only other kind of separated areas that they had were out on the Lido deck. They had those kind of, they had like side buffets. It was the same buffet food that was on the inside of the buffet, but it was just right outside on Lido. So you didn't have to go in, but, but there was no, you know, I think about even celebrity apex had the, the burger and oh, fries yeah. station. And I think about carnival and all of their side restaurants that they have that are included really none of that. It, it is focused on the buffet and their, and their main dining room for the included options. Let's talk about the entertainment on board Maravilla. Now, I know that MSC gave up the Cirque show in the back of the ship there on Maravilla, that little arena type place. So uh, yeah, let's, let's hit that first. What's going on back there now? So I will say that we were pleasantly surprised with the show performances that were put on in the main Broadway theater, which is their main theater in the forward of the ship. Uh, we actually attended one of the Meet the Cast type of uh, presentations, if you will. And we had a really great interaction with them. We found out that all of the shows that are in that forward lounge were designed specifically for that cast and for this ship. So in all, we were very impressed and very much enjoyed all of the shows that we saw in that forward lounge. Now, going to your question about Cirque du Soleil's partnership, you can see that there still is some residual um, design with the shows that they have in that back lounge that that does still exist. They still do aerial acts. And we very much enjoyed those performances. But one thing to be aware of is MSC still continues to consider that an upcharge and add-on type of an experience. So if you buy it on the ship, it's $18 a person to get into one of those shows. The nice thing is they sweeten the deal because they throw a drink at you that you can enjoy during the show. Uh, but it's definitely a little bit different of an experience than what we've seen on most of the other cruise lines out there. Gotcha. And did you guys, uh, like, what kind of show was, you mentioned it was like an acrobatics thing, but it was like just an MSC branded show back there? Yeah, so they put on a magic show. Uh, Houdini is the name of the show. And so there's a lot of singing and dancing and acrobats flying through the air and a little bit of juggling and jumping out into the audience. And so definitely had, I would say, Circa vibes, but just not with the branding. But to Rocky's point, sure. they're still, they are still charging that upcharge yeah. for the Cirque-like show. Gotcha. Okay. Historically, MSC Cruise Entertainment is more visual and less like comedians and such because of the international audience. Um, is it like this on MSC Maravilla? Actually, no. I feel like there was a lot of a lot of the, the presentations that we saw were done primarily in English, surprisingly. Okay. Uh, the one thing that caught us off guard was the overhead announcements. Anytime the captain would make his announcements, it would always be done by the captain again in Italian. Uh, during the safety briefings, when we were on the embark day, they were doing announcements in both English and Mandarin uh, for safety reasons, because there were so many Mandarin speaking passengers on board. But overall, the majority of the shows were actually done and performed in English. Leading up to the show's start, they would do a couple of announcements in Mandarin and Italian and English and German. So they did do several pre-calls for those shows. 
But overall, the actual shows themselves were primarily in English, if there was any speaking at all. Yeah, okay. it turns out it turns out those songs are universal. You know, Journey is universal yeah. across all languages. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. So let's talk about the sea days as far as crowds and congestion. And I know that you were up there in the Yacht Club for probably most of it. But as you made your way further south, you mentioned the snow on the sail out. But did it eventually warm up once you got around the Carolinas or Florida? Warmed up is relative. Uh, it was warmer than uh, than the snow, but we there there weren't a lot of folks spending time out on deck or making use of of the water slides. Um, it was still pretty chilly until honestly the nicest day we had was in Nassau, and so it took us uh, five days into the cruise before the weather was was to a point where you would want to actually be out on deck or lay out. No, you could be out. I mean, we we wore like jackets and and jeans uh, throughout the the sailing, uh, but but it wasn't it didn't get really warm until we got down into the Bahamas. Gotcha. So uh, as far as like the crowds and congestion around the ship, was there any of that since everyone was inside? Really, honestly, the only crowds that we experienced were in the Maravilia, Galleria Maravilia, which is kind of that domed area. If you deck six and deck seven, it's that two story area. They've got a beautiful dome similar to like the Fremont experience in Las Vegas, where they've got that LED that runs almost the entirety of the ship. That's where they would do a lot of their dance parties and events because it was too cold up on deck to do it. That space uh, we didn't feel was designed to host those parties. And so it's a throughput for traffic on the ship. And so you've got people trying to make their way throughout the ship and you've got people dancing and singing. And that was really the only time we felt like we were crowded or that we were kind of uh, annoyed a little bit by uh, the, the traffic flow of the ship. Otherwise, I would I would tell you we didn't feel crowds even the buffet the buffet sometimes is a little bit busy but but not to the point where we've seen it where on, on other lines. What did you think of that promenade area with the ceiling that lights up? Beautiful. Uh, we were stunned by the design and how gorgeous that space was, and they really yeah. maximized the usage of those LED screens throughout the sailing, including on Embark Day when they're showing you where all of the different muster stations are located. Uh, but overall, that space was beautiful. It was definitely wide enough to walk through it when there wasn't an event happening. Uh, you could easily take yourself up onto the next deck up and look down from the mezzanine and really enjoy the sights and the and the sounds and even the smells coming from the, the chocolate factory uh, as you were sailing along. So it was very enjoyable. Speaking of how, speaking of those multi-use screens, remember even on the Welcome Back party, they played the Welcome Back video, that, that, that MSC sizzle reel. They played the video saying, Welcome Back, thank you for your loyalty. They played that up on those screens. And so literally everyone at the Welcome Back party was heads to the sky watching um, them talk about what a great experience MSC is. The casino, how was that as far as the smoking situation in and around it? So they actually had a smoke-free casino. It appears that it was an afterthought based on some conversations that we had with other passengers on board. Uh, The smoke-free casino was nice. However, they didn't have any gaming tables for the smoke-free gamblers. Now, the interesting thing was the placement of the Cirque Theater. You actually have to walk through the smoking casino to get to the theater, which was kind of a strange setup. Uh, But the way that the the casino was set up, they put the main bar in the center of it. So you're really not diving into the main casino itself. Overall, the casino seemed like a pretty ample size, very comparable to what we're familiar with on some of Carnival's Vista class of ships. Okay. 
Very cool. So let's talk about the ports of call you hit on this nine-night cruise. And what we'll do here is we'll hit the first one, give us a highlight, then we'll go to the next one, and so on. So the first cruise port that we visited was the exotic location known as Port Canaveral in Florida. (laughs) Uh, If you're not familiar with it, it's often called the Orlando Port. Uh, We actually had something else arranged. We have some really good friends that we've met also through going on cruises who live in the Orlando area. And they ended up picking us up and we had a fun day at SeaWorld for the day. So definitely a little bit different. We didn't book anything through MSC because we've been to Port Canaveral before. And so we wanted to check it out through the locals' eyes. Before you hop to the next port there, you went to SeaWorld. So how long were you actually in port for? The ship was there from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. Okay. So yeah, 10 hours. That's, that's, you're like, what, an hour away from Orlando, I guess, or so? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not bad. I was, I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. Doug. Rocky's <laughs> like, oh, we got this. That's, that's plenty of time. <laughs> so what was after Port Canaveral? Next was Miami. And this was such an unexpected, uh, the port was expected, but the day was unexpected. So Icon of the Seas, she was uh, scheduled to make her uh, arrival to Miami the day prior. However, due to weather, they kept her out for an extra day. And so we literally got to see Icon of the Seas sail. And we did a live, uh, uh, we did a YouTube live where we actually streamed her sailing in to Port Miami for the first time. We watched her turn around in the basin and come back out and dock at the Royal Caribbean terminal there. We literally got off the ship and we hiked our excursion that day. We hiked about a mile up to the Royal Caribbean terminal, climbed all the way up to the very top of the parking garage, Royal Caribbean parking garage. And we just took pictures and filmed a bunch of stuff up there because it was like such a wow moment for, for a couple of cruise nerds. Yeah, no, definitely. So after Nassau, you headed over to the Bahamas. Uh, what was the first Bahamas port? So the first place that we stopped at was MSC's Private Island, which is MSC's Ocean K Marine Preserve. Um, definitely a very beautiful private island destination. You can tell that MSC really put a lot of thought and considerations when they were designing this port. It's huge. It is massive. And it's actually nice because the ship is able to dock directly onto the port there instead of you having to do a water shuttle taxi service to get in. Um, Overall, it is a very large and sprawling island. Tons of places for people to go out and lounge and lay out grab food, and just really have a nice, relaxing day. Now, now they don't have, you know, big water parks, and they don't have hot air balloons that go up in the air like some, you know, private islands do. But, but I mean, it had everything that you could want. It had many different beaches, uh, to Rocky Point food trucks, uh, included food trucks throughout the island, as well as some upcharge food trucks where you could get, you know, seafood. You could get your lobster rolls, and you could get some of that fresh seafood. You were in the Yacht Club, right? So I know they have that, that Yacht Club area way on the other side of the island, like another tip from where the ship docks. How was that space? Or I guess, did you utilize that space? And what did you think of it if you did? Yeah, we actually, uh, as soon as we got off of the ship by escort from our butler, <laughs> it's just fun to say that, I'm sorry. Uh, we were escorted over to the Yacht Club meeting point where they picked us up by golf cart and drove us to that exclusive area. It just made it a little bit easier to get there so we could maximize our time. Uh, The area is referred to as the Ocean House. And so that's actually where they serve lunch. And it's a very nice, large colonial style building. Uh, The lunch that was served there included amazing bites from a lobster roll to crab ceviche. That ceviche was so good. Ceviche was (laughs) delicious. Uh, They had your standard fare of burgers on the menu as well, and then a couple of salads and other options. 
Uh, overall, it was a great area. There was signage as you approached it, so you knew that it was reserved for the Yacht Club guests. Uh, there was a private beach, and there, that's the one downside that I would say about the exclusive area is the Yacht Club's Ocean House Beach is probably the lesser nice beaches that are found on the island. It's a little bit rough. Uh, there's some larger sand bits, if you want to call them that. Uh, so it makes it a little bit tough to get in the water. And due to the weather that we encountered, we really didn't even touch the water because... We touched the water. Uh, we didn't. We just didn't yeah. get into the water. It's, it's, Rocky says sand bits. I would say sharp rock. And so <laughs> uh, the folks that had been there before, they had water shoes and they were in the water. That was a, that's a great tip. If you're going to Ocean K and you're in the Yacht Club, uh, make sure to bring water shoes because it will make your day better. <laughs> That's true. Good tip there. There's a lot of beaches around the island. So did you get to explore most of it? We did. We we met people on the cruise, as, as we always do on cruises. And so we went out and we got to explore a little bit with them. I, I will say with the exploration, in hindsight, I wish we would have done that first because it started to pour. Uh, it started to downpour, and it was a cold downpour in the Bahamas. And so we we didn't get to explore as much as we'd like, but we got to see several of the lagoons. We got to see the we got to see the lighthouse. We got to enjoy one of the food trucks. We did eat at one of the food trucks just so we could say we you know ate with our friends. Um, Rocky, Rocky always says we ate with the common people. Um, and so we enjoyed the food on the, the mainland. Um, and then there's shops, there's shops, there's, you can buy ice cream cones and you can buy various things on land as well before we headed back to the ship. And, and unfortunately that was the only, we were, we were spoiled by this point, Doug. Um, we were looking for our Butler escort back onto the ship, uh, but, but there was not one onto the ship. And so we had to wait in the rain with the rest of the entire ship that had all run back to get onto the ship as well. Oh no, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get to stay at night to see the lighthouse lit up? Yeah. So back on board actually wasn't scheduled to be until eight o'clock that evening. Uh, Most of the passengers had re got, had reembarked on the ship by about three 30 or four due to the weather, but we did stay docked there. And we actually were wondering about that lighthouse show because we'd heard about it. And so we went to the concierge who gave us a really great recommendation on where to go to view it so we could also hear the, the music that was playing through the lighthouse show. Uh, and so we had the opportunity to watch it. It was actually really impressive. We really enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll be able to go back to Ocean K again in the future where we're not encountering some poor weather, we can be on the beach and actually see the light show from the ground. And because of the concierge tip, we also now know where the crew smoking area is <laughs> on MSC Maravalia. And so it was a great tip and we got to hang out with crew as they also watched the light show. You probably know this, but if you're ever feeling energetic or you want to work out, you can climb that lighthouse. It's like $15 or 20 maybe, but you got some great views up there and there's uh, quite a few steps. So uh, yeah, pack your energy. Yeah, no, we definitely, and that's another reason why we want to go back. You know, I don't think uh, weather was really in our favor to be able to do that type of an excursion, but yeah. definitely in the in the books for us to do it again. So your final port of call was Nassau. How was your day there? Nassau was great. Uh, as Mark had mentioned, it was actually the best weather that we saw on the entire cruise, and, and we were a little bummed that it was our final uh, port day, but we made the most of it. We were actually docked in Nassau with four other ships, so a standard busy Nassau day, uh, nothing unusual there. Uh, we actually have a tradition whenever we're in Nassau where we go visit a rum distillery in a little bit deeper into town. And so we decided to do that this time. We took the trek and 
walked around and checked out the updates that they made to the port of Nassau because yeah. that was our first time there since they did all the construction. Since they finished the construction, yeah, we've yep. been several times during. Yep, and uh, and then from there we walked up to the distillery and enjoyed a little tasting up there before returning back to the port and getting on the ship. It was a pretty quiet day, but we were looking forward to the opportunity to get to lay out on deck on the cruise ship before sail away took place. Yeah, perfect day for it. So you leave Nassau a couple of sea days and you head back to Brooklyn. How was your sea days going up? The weather, I will say, was more cooperative on the way back. Mm -hmm. uh, but so it wasn't as bumpy and rocky, but there were definitely times where uh, you would be sleeping at night and you would roll on over. You would you definitely knew you were on a ship. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when Rocky and I first boarded, one of the things we commented as we were sitting in, I think it was the Top Sail restaurant after spending time in the lounge, we said, we don't really feel like we're on a cruise ship. Uh, but you, you just felt like you were almost at an all-inclusive resort. Uh, we definitely knew we were on a cruise ship on the sea days out and on the sea days back. The, it, the weather definitely was left the ocean a bit rocky. We had some, you, you saw some gale force winds, there were some swells, but uh, they, had the, they had the magnetic uh, uh, bags out, the sick bags out in the elevator banks. They had those out uh, for, for all of the passengers. We did talk to several folks who said they, they, they might not sail again in January, but, but we, we really liked it. But sign us up. Sign us up. So it's time to get off the ship in Brooklyn. Was the debark process as smooth and bougie as that embark? I love that you say the word bougie because, yeah, it definitely continued through. Uh, we always go for a very relaxed debark morning. We try to stay on the ship as long as possible. We book later flights knowing that there's always the possibility that a ship could be delayed returning to port. Uh, and fortunately for us, the ship did arrive on time. However, we didn't end up disembarking from the ship until much later. We we decided to go down and, and have breakfast down in the, the main restaurant, uh, the, the top sale restaurant in the Yacht Club area. And once they, we were done eating there, we went down to the lounge and enjoyed a, a quick beverage and a couple of little canapes, you know, just trying to get our last bits in. And chatted with the bartenders. The bartenders were, were just so tremendously friendly the entire sailing. And we just hung out with them and, and enjoyed some coffees and drinks. Yep. And then once we were ready to get off of the ship, we went to the concierge. And actually, we ended up seeing our butler at the concierge desk. Uh, and he offered to help us get off the ship. And so he actually took Mark's two suitcases that he was carrying from his hands <laughs> and wheeled them to the elevator took us down to the lower deck and wheeled us all the way over to where they take you off the ship, where they scan your card to say you are officially disembarked from the ship. Uh, so we definitely continued that experience as long as we could. And the cool thing about the uh, luggage program, if you decide to put your luggage out the night before the cruise ends, all of the Yacht Club luggage gets delivered to one specific spot. So you're not rushing to get off. You're not rushing to go find where your luggage was placed when it's in that terminal building. It's very easy to locate, very easy to get yeah. to, pick up your, your suitcases, and you're on your way. Once again, those Yacht Club signs right this way, um, <laughs> dedicated area even for your luggage. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Does uh, Brooklyn have facial recognition for the debark? Yes, they did. We were very excited when we saw that when getting off the ship. Yeah, definitely sure makes a difference. Well, looking back here uh, as first time MSC cruisers and in the Yacht Club, do you have any first time, to, uh, first time tips to offer anyone either sailing MSC or sailing out of Manhattan? 
uh, goodness gracious, if you get that upgrade offer and it's within your means, uh, you bid that upgrade offer up. If you can get into the yacht club from from a balcony, that would be my my biggest tip because not only does it include all of those amenities that we've talked about that Rocky and I have talked about, the yacht club experience also, they grant you into the premium drinks package as well. So the premium drinks package on this sailing would have been seven ninety a person, a person. We paid less for the entire Yacht Club experience, and it included those premium drinks. It included Wi-Fi on each of our devices, and it included all of those exclusive amenities that we've talked about. And so that would be my number one tip, is if you get that offer to upgrade to the Yacht Club, really look at what it would cost you to have that experience just individually, and and take that for serious, Take be serious about that. And, and if you can get that upgrade and it's in your means, do it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would also say the other thing is being that this cruise ship departs out of the Brooklyn terminal. So uh, instead of paying the 60 plus dollars that it would cost to get an Uber or a Lyft, you could actually take the subway, the train system. Uh, all of that is going to be super easy to get over there. And there's actually a uh, water taxi or, or ferry, <laughs> I guess it is, uh, that takes you from Wall Street. If you were to go into Manhattan and stay the night out there, uh, you can easily get onto the ferry from Wall Street over to the Brooklyn cruise terminal real easy. And it's really quite cost effective. Yeah, that's one thing I've heard over the years is that a lot of people who are doing cruises out of either Brooklyn or Manhattan, uh, they kind of get taken by surprise how much it actually costs to get from the airport to the cruise port. But a little extra research can save you quite a few bucks, and it's not that bad. I think it's scarier being in New York traffic, quite honestly. Yeah, when we right. were at the Uber, we took an Uber from the hotel to the, the cruise terminal. I think that was scarier than the subway was, uh, you know, the night before when we had flown in. And so, yes, I think... It's it's such a great that's such a great tip. I love that. Yeah, because when, when I like go to New York for work and I have to fly, I fly either into JFK or uh, LaGuardia, and it's it's a hundred at least a hundred into the city from both those airports. Yeah, I so believe it definitely adds up. Well, looking back, what was your biggest highlight of this cruise? Oh gosh, I would say the biggest highlight was was probably being in the yacht club. It, what what a treat that was for us to be able to experience that. Um, it was so exciting walking into the top sail lounge in that exclusive yacht club area. No matter how many times a day we walked in there, we always <laughs> discovered new canapes that were waiting for us to try. Uh, the bartenders and the servers in the, the top sail lounge were all very friendly. They started to get to know us, get to know what drinks we enjoyed the most. And they would start making recommendations based on the spirits that we were drinking to make a, our, our journey that much more enjoyable. I think for me, um, one of the best bites of food I've had on a cruise ship was uh, in the Eden restaurant on board Celebrity Apex. Mm -hmm. And I would say fast forward, that was a couple of years back now for Thanksgiving, but fast forward to this, to have that daily rotating risotto, that to me was a surprise and delight. That, that menu in the top sale restaurant, uh, you just don't see food like that on a cruise ship. And, and it was absolutely fantastic. And it was included in that experience. It wasn't, we weren't, you know, dropping 150, 160 bucks uh, for, the, for the meal. It was included in that Yacht Club experience. That to me was a surprise and delight. I did not expect how good and how high quality that food was going to be. And now Rocky is cooking risotto every evening. <laughs> you know, I still have some work to do to perfect it. <laughs> well, uh, in closing here, your final thoughts of MSC Maravilla. I would say the, the MSC Maravilla is a gorgeous ship. MSC did a great job in designing and developing this class of ship. 
the size of it was great. Now, we did have a lower capacity on the ships during our sailing, but we still managed to have a great time. We met a lot of great friends. We found places to call our own that maybe were not in the yacht club specifically, but we discovered the the Sky Lounge is a great place to meet people and to be able to uh, enjoy the company of others that were not a part of the yacht club and really just kind of put ourselves with the rest of the population that was sailing. Very yeah, good. the champagne bar was another one of my favorites, the, the edge bar, the champagne bar, you know, that looked out over the water as the ship was sailing. That was great. Those champagne cocktails were oh, amazing. Yeah. And that's the beauty, right? When you have you, we would flash our Yacht Club bracelets. And I, I will tell you, I, I joke, I've made this joke now, uh, lines would disappear and, and people <laughs> would just randomly appear. Servers would appear. You flash that Yacht Club bracelet and it didn't matter what bar we were at, if we were at the Horizon Bar at the Aft or the Champagne Bar or at the Sky Lounge, they just showed up and they took such great care of us. You can tell that even the rest of the ship is trained to pay attention to Yacht Club guests because it was just such a cool experience. I I'm excited to go back on MSC Maravilla uh, in in the in the standard amenities in the in the in the non yacht club amenities to to be able to experience it truly and compare and contrast to be able to talk about what does that value look like and how does it feel to sit down in the main dining room each night for dinner versus in your dedicated restaurant and so I am excited to get back on the ship. Um, we've looked. We've actually we're we're booking the inaugural on um, MSC World America. World America nice. and so. Uh, it was a, it was a great experience and great sailing. And so MSC gets a lot of bad rap out there. There's a lot of negativity about there. There's people that love or hate it. And I will tell you from from our experience, we're we're looking at booking two more already. So it was it was in. It was in a really good category for us. Well, it certainly sounds like y'all had a great time. We've been talking with Mark and Rocky from This Cruise Life. And I know every time I see y'all, you have a camera in your hand. So I know you have some videos out on this ship as well. Where can we find you? Yeah, so uh, we have a website that shows all of our different channels that you can go to. That's thiscruiselife.com. But on our YouTube channel specifically, we do have several videos coming out for this MSC Maravilla cruise, including our first 24 hours on board, our full review of the sailing, uh, the room tour from the, the deluxe suite that we were staying in. And who knows, maybe there'll be even more details coming out to our channel in the near future. Oh my gosh, we ate so much food. I guarantee you there will be multiple food videos out there, Doug. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we did capture a lot. We wanted to remember this Yacht Club experience. And so, um, and, and it's just simply youtube.com slash thiscruiselife, or as Rocky mentioned, uh, thiscruiselife.com. That has, uh, that has everything, all of our socials on it. Awesome. We'll link to it also in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Mark Rocky, thank you all so much. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. Yes, it was it was a pleasure being able to share our experience on MSC Maravilla and the Yacht Club, which I, I do hope we get another off, upgrade offer. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if, if they do offer us an upgrade offer, we might not do the general. We, we might do it. We might have to book another one to experience the general. <laughs> there you go. YOLO, right? That's right. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.